Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Warning, the following profanity contains an episode. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Honey, ZipRecruiter, and by the new online source for pirated copies of the Kennedy assassination, RipZipRooter. RipZipRooter, because Marsh had an idea for a fake sponsor and British people are better at wordplay than us. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Hi, this is Nick in the UK, where we currently have people raging against drag queen story hours at the same time as mourning the death of Lily Savage. Look her up. I can confirm that we did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey men slash women. Also, get your voter ID. We have voter ID now. Get your voter ID. It's April 6th, and it's Maundy Thursday. Right, to celebrate foot washing at best or penis washing by our Lord and Savior. Kind of weird, either way, for a holiday. Yeah, no, there's not a normal one. I'm No Illusions. I'm Michael Marshall. I'm Heath Enright. And from Liverpool, England, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Waycross, Georgia, this is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, the Catholic Church takes a firm stance against city planning. We learn how thoughts and prayers took down the Medellin cartel. And we'll watch a video that was too conspiratorial for YouTube. But first, the diatribe. I've said a number of times on this show before that we as atheists kind of lucked out in terms of how wacky and stupid the religions we have to argue against are, right? Like the Bible could have been a very relevant book filled with historical facts, believable stories, fantastic advice, and prescient moral teachings. It's not, but even without an existent to God, it could have been, right? Like like there are books that are filled with that shit. They're just not the Bible. And how much harder would our job be if we couldn't dismiss their holy book by pointing out that it endorses slavery and includes a talking donkey? Likewise, the religions themselves are nonsensical and contradictory. Like the problem of evil. Perfect example. At least so far, that is an insurmountable hurdle for the people that we find ourselves debating. But it's not a problem inherent in theism, just in monotheism. And and just if the God in that monotheistic tradition is omnibenevolent. Right. If they'd elected to go with a pantheon of gods with no one supreme over the others, they'd have no trouble at all explaining why we should worship this particular God, even if there is still evil in the world. They just elect to hamstring their argument in advance by claiming that their guy is omnipotent and omnibenevolent. So it's easy to think, or at least it's been easy for me to think in the past, that we just really got fortunate that none of the more logically defensible religions or holy books won out and became the major religions of today. But the more I reflect on it, the more I realize that luck doesn't really have anything to do with it. Their silliness is inevitable. See, the the problem with religion, as always, is that it isn't true. It's bullshit. And no matter how good your bullshit is, you're eventually going to have to prop it up with more bullshit. Of course, you can actually get away with this for a very long time if A, you're a good liar, and B, you know that you're lying. And while that's almost certainly the case at the beginning of any religion, it can't be the case for long. So eventually, people will start seeking to answer the flaws inherent with the system, not with new lies, but with truths. And of course, truths never quite line up with the lies So they have to start employing logical contortions. And if you do this long enough and you you leave it in the hands of smart enough people, you inevitably wind up with a convoluted web of nonsense filled with very obvious flaws that will make the job of future atheists easier and easier. 
Of course, when the underlying belief has truth value, it becomes easier to defend over time. Right? It was, for example, way easier to poke holes in evolution 100 years ago. I, I mean, I, I should say good holes, right? Since there's no solid floor to the intellectual depths that they'll plumb in their effort to deny the observable in this instance. But the point is, the more we study the evolution, the more questions about evolution we've been able to answer because evolution's true. But the more we study any particular religion, the more the questions just multiply. Consider the perfect example here, the Trinity. Now, if you knew you were lying and you knew that you were later going to have to defend that lie, you'd never come up with something as silly as a God that's part himself and part his kid and part a ghost, but all the same guy, but still different guys. There's literally no way to describe it without admitting how silly it is, right? But if you thought Jesus was real and God was real, and there was just the one God. You kind of have to start divvying him up in this way. Add to that the fact that people want to deify the voice in their heads, and you're kind of stuck with this weird-ass tripartite God. And when you really look into these things, you find that's always the cause. Look long enough at any wacky contradiction in Christianity or any religion older than its founder, really, and you're going to see some hole in the plot that it was originally created to spackle over. I mean, we don't know enough about ancient Judaism, but if we did, I'm sure we could even figure out what sillier implication Blom's talking donkey was meant to ameliorate. And, and that's a damn encouraging realization for two reasons, right? The first is that we didn't just luck out. Even if they came up with a brand new and improved theology tomorrow, we would know that over time it would inevitably get sillier and sillier until atheists could easily dunk on it without a running start. But the second somewhat less obvious one is that this process doesn't have any logical endpoint save the dissolution of the entire religion. In other words, all of the world's religions are still getting dumber, and they always will be. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the Ox and Panda, my level, Heath Enright and Michael Marshall. <laughs> Fellas, are you ready to mix it up? We got ox pan level and a microphone. Who's <laughs> out? Nice. Oh, it's like my love life in high school. You know, my friends are pan and I'm just ox. <laughs> All right. Well, while we try to wrap our minds around the idea that anyone anywhere ever didn't want to fuck Michael Marshall, we're going to pause for a word from our first sponsor this week. Honey. Mm. Hey, Heath. Heath, mm. what is up with all of these cereal boxes, dude? Oh, hey, no. Yeah, I'm uh, saving up box tops. Oh, is there a promotion or something? No, no, but I feel like they're just about to start one and I want to get ahead so I can get some of that sweet discount money when it happens. So you bought a bunch of cereal at regular price to eventually maybe get a discount? Uh, yes. Heath, if you're looking for discounts, why don't you just try honey? Oh, what's honey? So glad you asked. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey, and it's the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. It's the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Oh, does that work for cereal? Sure does. Imagine you're shopping on your favorite site for cereal. I have several. I figured you would. Like so dozens. when you check out, the Honey button appears, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site, and if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. I actually use Honey on my laptop, and I saved $15 on a vintage video game made of punch cards. Super easy. It just happens automatically, and it doesn't just work on desktops. It also works on your iPhone, too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. That sounds great. I feel like I'm straight up missing out. Well, if you don't already have honey, exactly that about missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash scathing. That's joinhoney.com slash scathing. Okay, great. Definitely going to do that. Anyway, I'm just going to get back to this. Mm. You, well, you're, wait, you're still going to do the cereal box thing? A lot. My God, man, is that Captain Crunch? So sharp. Are you going to be okay? It's like my mouth had a motorcycle accident. <laughs> <laughs> Gravel. No skin. And now back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, when it comes to Republican educational reform, it's not enough to just take true things out. You also have to put false things in and complete the circle. And we're going to open up this segment talking about two efforts to do so in Texas that are being debated as we record. 
One would require the Ten Commandments to be prominently displayed in every single Texas classroom from kindergarten on up. And the other one, believe it or not, is way the fuck worse. Okay, I get that teachers in Texas might want anti-murdering visual aids, but that's like the worst one you can pick. (laughs) Right? So, okay, so let's start with this Ten Commandments bullshit. This one is SB 1515, and it's a companion in the State House HB 3448. And it's clearly heard about a lot of the shenanigans that we secularists have pulled in response to laws forcing schools to post in God We Trust shit. So it's super specific about, you know, yeah, you have to post all 12 of the Ten Commandments, and they must be prominently displayed on a sign that measures at least 16 by 20 inches. That's um. 40 by 50 centimeters if you're a communist. Thank you. You're welcome. It has to be, it's, it actually says it has to be legible. Uh, they have to use the King James version. Doing technicality school. Yep. <laughs> it has to be readable from any point in the room. What? Okay, so all rooms have to be empty. Got it. Yeah, right. No one tall can stand in front of anyone. No physical yes. objects. No blind people are allowed <laughs> in school. <laughs> They did not, however, think to specify that they needed to be in English. So Chaz Stevens is no doubt having some Arabic language ones printed as we speak. Excellent. And I will be sending a whole bunch of 16 by 20 inch golden calf statues with a flat side for the commandments. There's no rule about (laughs) obeying the commandments, just displaying in your face. That's fair. I also noticed that they've they've set a minimum size, but they didn't set a maximum size. So how about we just send them a sign that is exactly three inches smaller in all directions than the dimension of the classroom and then force them to display that? (laughs) There's no way they can say that doesn't fulfill the visibility requirement. Right? Yeah. But again, that's the less disturbing of the two bills. The other one, SB 763, would seek to tackle the endemic shortage of qualified counselors in Texas public schools by adding unqualified ones. Specifically, the bill would allow schools to hire chaplains in lieu of the legally required school counselor. And the bill goes out of its way to emphasize that the chaplains are, quote, not required to be certified by the State Board of Education Certification, end quote. In other words, no qualifications whatsoever are required for this publicly funded position. Written by people with no qualifications whatsoever for their publicly funded positions. (laughs) Guess that tracks. Terrifyingly true, yeah. Now, of course, nothing in the bill says that the chaplains would have to be Christian, but obviously they all would be, right? Like, No no Texas school is going to bring in an imam to talk to their students about test anxiety. No, that's true. But hiring a Buddhist might help the kids deal with flunking. Like, you didn't fail. You achieved a state of academic nothingness. That could work. work. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and it's also worth noting, since it's probably cheaper to hire a pastor who just really wants a captive audience than it is to hire an actual qualified counselor, social worker, or psychologist, no doubt many cash-strapped schools will replace secular help with religious bullshit. It would, this is true, be more beneficial to students if they replaced counselors with a goddamn Ouija board. And in motor cardinal sin news, the gap between committed Christian and deranged conspiracy theorists continued to be slimmer than a communion wafer this week, with the Catholic Herald jumping on board the latest paranoia du jour, the 15-minute city. Well, if, yeah, if Catholic Mass is anything to go by, they do hate doing things quickly, so... Right. Now, I'm sure there's many listeners and possibly a few co-hosts who might not heard about the whole 15-minute city idea, but it's basically a concept dreamed up by city planning nerds to make it easier for you to get to the grocery store or to your kid's school or to your local doctor. The idea is that everything you need for your day-to-day life ought to be accessible within about a 15-minute walk of where you are, thus allowing us to save time and help our local communities thrive and drive our gas-guzzling cars less. Boo! Boo nerd hates freedom. (laughs) Un-American. Absolutely not. And to achieve this goal, city planners will put in place schemes discouraging drivers from driving through the busiest parts of the city, meaning that if you are going to drive, you just have to take the slightly longer way around. That's basically the entire idea. Well, yeah, right. It's basically what if things were better? So we can already see why Catholics have an issue with it, I think, right? (laughs) Sure. And like, look, I can already tell this This probably seems completely ridiculous to you guys because where you are, anything within a 15-hour drive is considered a, a reasonable commute. Mm-hmm. But no, for those true. of us who don't want to spend our entire lives staring at some other guy's tailpipe, <laughs> being able to walk to get groceries is, is pretty desirable. Okay, but Marsh, have you seen us walk 
<laughs> to have all that stuff with, within 15 minutes for us in America, that's like geometrically impossible to smush all that together so close. Like, I know you're married to a cartoon speed walker, but to picture the average American. And now add the amount of food you imagine being purchased by the average American for the walk home. So it's even tougher. Okay, okay, that's fair. You think it's ridiculous and, and so do the Catholic Herald who are pretty sure this whole idea is just full socialism. And, and not even the sell your worldly possessions, give to the poor, eye of a needle, etc. kind of socialism either. As writer James Jeffrey outlined in an op-ed entitled The Catholic Argument Against 15-Minute Cities, there's just something about the thought of improved local infrastructure. That's just too authoritarian, he says. And by that, he means too authoritarian for Catholics. Right! The, the <laughs> obey my every whim or you're damned to eternal hellfire, guys. Those Catholics. Right, yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to our list of which types of consensual sex you're allowed to have. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the best thing about all of this panic is that at its core, the idea amounts to a few traffic calming measures. And so to object to something that benign, they've got to exaggerate to just insane degrees. Like Jeffrey deserves some kind of medal for his effort where he manages to compare municipal fines by Oxford City Council to... The actual Taliban. What? To the Taliban. The Taliban. See, okay, this is why we never should have pulled out of Afghanistan. It's grocery <laughs> fascism is going to pop up. That's why we were there, preventing that. So as Jeffrey wrote, quote, I've experienced transport being excessively controlled by the Taliban, and I can assure you it sucks. Their IED campaign in Afghanistan's what? Helmand province was so deadly effective that the what? British army lost its freedom of movement. Admittedly, the use of IEDs is an extreme form of traffic fines. What? But the principle is the same. Someone else <laughs> interdicting interdict your movement. Close quote. Oh, what, an extreme form of traffic fine? <laughs> My, yeah, much like carpet bombing is an extreme form of plowing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, lots of people forget about the commute in Dresden after that whole thing. It was fucking exhausting. <laughs> and that's the point. And look, never I get forget. it. I get it. I completely get what Jeffrey means. Because, you know, I've never had my head cut off by ISIS insurgents as part of a brutal terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. But I have had some of my hair cut off by someone I've paid to give me a haircut. And in both cases, the principle is the same in that it's sharp objects cutting stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> same. Sharpness. Sharp. I see, I see two things that are the same. Okay. So this was the Catholic argument against the Taliban, not against the 15-minute city. The goalpost went from farmer's market to Taliban within like a paragraph. <laughs> it did, it did. Now, obviously, this is just a ridiculous attempt by the Catholic Herald to try and be relevant by jumping into culture wars about them damn wokes and their climate change agenda. But I do think this is a bit hypocritical of the Catholics in particular. Because a lot of the objections to 15-minute cities from the conspiracy theorists boil down to essentially the fear that there's an obscenely wealthy global network of organizations that are determined to enrich themselves by lying to us, stealing our personal freedoms, exerting complete control over our behavior, and putting our kids in harm's way. All of which is the Catholic Church's whole deal. That's their whole thing. Right, yes. They are not <laughs> in the position to cast the first stone here. I think not. And next up in headlines... We have a story about Chaz Stevens, the goat of anti-theocracy trolling. He's a math nerd who lives in Florida, and apparently he's pretty comfortable financially. Maybe he's retired, I don't know. So he spends most of his time coming up with amusing ways to fuck with Christian right lawmakers. He's I get he's kind of like us, but <laughs> with money, he's financially oh, comfortable. <laughs> and his latest move is a delightful version of malicious compliance regarding the ridiculous new laws about book banning in Florida. Last week, he wrote a letter to the administration of the Broward County Public School System demanding that they remove every single book from their libraries because he finds every single book in their libraries offensive. And according to the wording of their law that's just about to pass, he is allowed to do that, and they do indeed have to deal with it. Amazing. And look, if your standard is book that contradicts the teaching of the Bible, which is the standard that a lot of those parents are using, that does describe all of books. Right. Yes. Right. And I, and, and I include the Bible when I say that. Yeah. Plus, I'm pretty sure all those books have Arabic numerals on every single page. And that's just indoctrination <laughs> at that point. 
Yeah, so big thanks to Alan for sending the link. Scathingnews at gmail.com. Great stuff. Oh, okay. So the whole weird, oddly sexual email rewards bit, that's just for when Eli's here then, is it? Okay. Yeah, fine, right. Fine. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I thought maybe you'd have one, but you didn't. <laughs> so one of the letters from Chaz was targeting the proposed legislation called HB 1069. It's basically an expansion of the fucking don't say gay bill. And it's almost certainly going to become the law very soon. Aside from the standard bigot boilerplate that they always put in stuff like this, it would give panicky Florida parents the right to personally object to any book in the curriculum and or any book offered at the school library. The bill says, quote, any material that is subject to an objection must be removed within five school days of receipt of the objection and remain unavailable to students until the objection is resolved. Parents shall have the right to read passages of any material that is subject to an objection. If the school board denies a parent the right to read passages from that content, the school district shall discontinue the use of that material, end quote. Wait, so the parents have to be able to read the books themselves? <laughs> yeah, this is tricky. Florida. Schools have been denying Floridians the right to be able to read for generations. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's another loophole in there for sure. So Chaz sent a letter to Broward County Schools that both objected to every single book they have and also demanded to review every single book that received an objection. <laughs> that is now about 55,000 books or all of them. Oh, okay. It's amazing how well you can demonstrate the stupidity of their laws by using them, right? By <laughs> yep. just using Doing the law. Yeah, malicious compliance is a beautiful thing when they're this ridiculous with the law. And here's a few highlights from the letter. After quoting their own stupid law, he explained that he finds math to be very sexual and honestly strong agree. Oh, multiplication is, that's fucking. And he also finds any mention of dangling participles to be inappropriate for kids. <laughs> and then he writes, quote, it's my intention to use this stupid rule of theirs as stupidly as possible. The current legislation makes no demand upon a requester's agenda, nor mindset, nor ongoing use of brown acid. We've already had to deal with frivolous demands, including the ban of Huck Finn in Tampa. So, well, here we are. Even if you deny 55,000 book requests, you'll need to process each and every request. Sorry in advance and nothing personal, but please stand by for an incoming barrage of bullshit. End quote. Okay, so, yeah, and admittedly, the math thing's funny, the dangling participle bit is brilliant, but neither of them is dumber than objecting to Michelangelo's David because his dick's out. Right, absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. I appreciate Chaz's real. enthusiasm here, but it was only a matter of time before some Florida parent actually did this for realsies. <laughs> That's true, although please stand by for an incoming barrage of bullshit. Might as well be Florida state motto. It should be written on the welcome signs when you enter the state. <laughs> and the license plates, yeah. yeah. We'll send you some giant ones. You guys can put them up. <laughs> also worth noting, Chaz recently sent another letter to Broward County making a similar point, but citing the existing law called HB 1467. That law is also about public school curriculum and parental, read Christian, rights about book banning. So Chaz wrote, as allowed under Florida law, HB 1467, I'm seeking the permanent online slash offline ban of the dictionary. And <laughs> he explained that many of the words in that book can be considered offensive or even violent. No, that's true. So, uh, yeah, Florida Republicans wrote laws that would ban a list of the words that make up our language. That's a thing they did. <laughs> Like, okay, yeah, they're evil, but at least they're fucking stupid, too. Yeah. So we got something, something to cling to there. There's another motto for them. It's been the silver lining of this entire, like, decade. Yeah. All right. Well, on the off chance that Chaz is successful in his dictionary ban, I think we need to start harvesting good obscure word insults for when they're not allowed to look up what we just said anymore. So we're going to pause for a quick word from this week's other sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Must be willing to not dox me or make jokes about my mom. Okay. Hey, hey, Heath, uh, wh what are you doing? Well, you know how Eli's off this week? Because he yanked off his own... Nope, nope, I am not going to say that. Can't, we can't say that in the ad. Eli says that about me every time I'm off. No, but not in the ad, though. <sighs> Fine. Anyway, I figured while he was away, I could see about replacing him permanently with somebody who doesn't dox me. So I'm running a classified ad. Heath, you can't replace Eli with a classified ad. No? 
No, you should try ZipRecruiter. These days, it can take up to 11 weeks on average to hire for an open position. That's almost two and a half months. But ZipRecruiter can help you find qualified candidates for all your roles fast. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. How is ZipRecruiter so much more effective, though? ZipRecruiter uses powerful matching technology to quickly find and send you the most qualified people. You can check out the people that ZipRecruiter sends you, and if you really like one or two, you can personally invite them to apply with one click, which may make them apply even sooner. Okay, well, that sounds great. It is. So speed up your hiring process with ZipRecruiter. See why 3.3 million businesses have come to ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Just go to this exclusive web address and try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-C-A-T-H-I-N-G. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, guys. So, um, yeah, I'm ready to step in for Eli on the next headline bit whenever, whenever you are. Wow. ZipRecruiter is fast. M- Marsh was already here. Oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you uh, you're ready to start recording. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back next up in headlines in Nebraskan for it news. (laughs) There are four things that have kept me out of prison for violent crimes. Sativa, Indica, Sativa Indica hybrids. And the fact that I wasn't there when that evangelical dude started preaching to an entire airplane full of people and playing worship songs and his stupid little guitar. <laughs> like he, the dude literally brought me a weapon. Or, or honestly, a suppository, depending on how quick the other passengers were to pull me off of him. But it turns out that that's not even the worst place to start randomly preaching to a captive audience that doesn't want to hear your bullshit, which we learned last week when evangelical douche nozzle Ryan Foley barged into the cafeteria of a Nebraska public high school and started screaming to the captive audience about the dangers of sin and the powers of Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, I'm normally anti-bullying, but if this does not end with an atomic wedgie somehow, I'm going to be very disappointed. Yeah, that's fair. You know, that's all fair. the bullies. I'd never seen this guy before, and now I've seen him, I've got to know, how is he only 20? Like In his TikTok videos, he looks like he's just escaped after being held hostage in the desert by ISIS for three months. <laughs> right? he, he looks so rough. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so he apparently told the school that he was just there to pick up his transcripts, but on the way out, he passed through the cafeteria and decided to yell about the power of Jesus. And honestly, I encourage you to watch the TikTok videos on this because it's it's like it's as hilarious as it is enraging. He starts the whole thing by telling everybody that when he was a student at the school, he was really popular and quote, slept with anyone I wanted, end quote. Okay. But then he found <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what the student body was doing. I've had sex with a woman. Dude, just just say your thing. Right, yeah. Made it worse. Well, and pretty much the entire student body starts cracking the fuck up the instant he says the word Jesus. And then some fucking <laughs> shop teacher shows up to escort him out while he rails about the dangers of Satan over his shoulders. Yeah. But like, I was really popular until I found Jesus is what counts for this guy's sales pitch. So I'm guessing <laughs> the school transcripts he's picking up, it didn't include, it didn't include any lessons in marketing. Yeah, or right, like right. That. If you want to sleep with anybody you want, avoid my religion. Yeah. It's a really sad song in High School Musical. I was really popular. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course... This is disturbing for way more reasons than just the church-state separation stuff. After all, this bullshit happened on the same day as another school shooting, uh, a distinction that the rest of the world refers to as a weekday, I think. (laughs) So there are all kinds of reasons to worry about deranged adults getting unapproved access to schools full of kids. Yeah, and uh, adults who use that access to brag about how much fucking they did in high school. (laughs) Yes, yes. So following some outraged feedback from parents, the school issued a statement the following day ensuring parents that they were reevaluating all their security procedures and moving a lot of administrative shit to online only. Now, given that this is Nebraska, I'm inclined to think that the outrage had less to do with the evangelism and more to do with the fact that in some of his TikTok videos fully admits that he's watched a lot of trans and gay porn in his life. And that eventually led him to, quote, act on his homosexual desires, end quote. But the key here is that they're moving to a place where it takes more than I want to see how many A's I got again for a former student to get unfettered access to a room full of students. Yeah, I, I can't imagine he got a lot of A's, but it, it sounded like he got plenty of D's anyway. Oh, for the reason. <laughs> <laughs> He's just looking at the transcript. Uh, you need to add lots of sex right here. It <laughs> doesn't say anything here about how popular I was. I feel doesn't, like I was doesn't mention very, my popularity at all. Very popular. <laughs> you, you guys get back. To, I'll come back tomorrow. And finally tonight, 
In Raising Cane news, Chief of Police for the entire nation of Colombia, General Henry Sanabria, is convinced that the Christian God of the universe has been on their side for decades. To be clear, on the side of law enforcement in the country of Colombia. Really? Yeah, apparently God had a bit, of a bit of a habit at some point. God was there. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Whatever. Regardless, according to Sanabria, the biggest weapons at the disposal of Colombian law enforcement are prayer and exorcism. They fight lots of literal demons, according to Sanabria. And the reason the cops win all the time is indeed Catholic magic. Yeah, I mean, seventh highest murder rate in the world. I'm just not, like, maybe you, you leave the demons alone for a bit and you tackle the human criminals for a couple of days. You know what? You do you. Do you. <laughs> maybe focus up. You do you. Yeah. So big thanks to H. Heiska for sending the link. Scathingnews at gmail.com if you want to help out. So we learned about this very unorthodox law enforcement technique when General Sanabria did an interview last week with Semana Magazine. The interview was conducted inside his insane torture-themed office full of Catholic tchotchkes and a comically oversized statue of Jesus on the cross. Yeah. It's absurd. It's amazing. I put a photo in the notes here so you guys can see it. I also found a different photo from a different room with that exact same ridiculous statue. So yeah. either this guy has a bunch of these enormous blood-spattered things, or he carries around the same one everywhere he goes and puts it behind him for every photo op. Either way, it's insane. Yeah, normally this is a necklace. So now we should be clear to the listeners, this statue includes all the whip marks and shit, so it looks like Jesus mm. gave, just gave his cat a pill. It's insane <laughs> for a giant tortured-to-death guy statue. Thank you. Right? It, it is. He's also, he stood in front of it like he's proudly showing off what they confiscated in a drugs raid as well. He's so proud of it. <laughs> just like slapping it. And this motherfucker said he was the king of the Jews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. Look this up if you get a chance. He sees this thing every day. It takes up like half the office. Yeah. It must. He has to like duck to get around it to sit down. So big. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe that's thing. It's maybe there's a law saying that he has to have it in his office, and it has to be big enough to be seen from any part of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Colombia's Shaz Estebals when you need him to really test these laws? <laughs> so the interview started with, I'm assuming, just like a basic question for the general, and this guy immediately launched into a tirade about his Catholic anti-demon magic. Like, he was going to do that no matter what the first question was. He said <laughs> that Colombian law enforcement has been doing the Catholic magic for at least 50 years now. And this led to the capture of several major criminals, including Pablo Escobar in 1993 using really? anti-demon magic. <laughs> yes, uh, Jesus dicked around on that one for like almost 20 years, but he eventually got around to taking this series. So Colombia has a strong Catholic tradition, but it is a relatively secular country at this point in terms of government. And it was nice to hear a little bit of sanity from President Gustavo Petro. The interview with Sanabria sparked a pretty big debate in the country. One side was pointing out there's a wizard guy in charge of the entire national police force. And the other side was pointing out there's a wizard guy in charge of the entire national police force. So <laughs> in response, President Petro, he did his best to explain like, yeah, we know that guy's a fucking crazy person. We're keeping tabs. Just be cool about it without actually saying those exact words. He said, quote, we know the beliefs of the general, but we try to make sure that these beliefs do not affect the rules. <laughs> well, actual quote. I mean, look, we know they're crazy, but we're hoping to contain it as basically how we run our courts and our Congress at this point. So I guess we can't really cast stones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I get it. You know, I agree with Petro. You know, policing, it just isn't an area where God ought to be med meddling. Med meddling. <laughs> Mush! Mwah! I'm so happy about that. Medellin meddling. Oh, that's so good. I'm so mad I didn't find a way to work. <laughs> ah! Well done. Okay, one of the... I'm so mad. I just, Like I said, they're better at wordplay, man. It's a whole country. It's <laughs> so smooth. Okay. <laughs> one other thing. I want to give a little credit to CBS News. They ended their article about this by adding almost exact quote. In recent days, Columbia employed more traditional methods to tackle crime, like when the Navy intercepted two giant submarines full of cocaine, just, 
you know, regular without magic. They do, <laughs> they do real police things too. All right. Well, apparently I've got to do AA con without my cocaine submarines now. So I've got some phone calls to make. I suppose uh, that's going to have to do it for the headlines. Heath Marsh, thanks as always and or occasionally as the case may be. Jumanji. And when we come back, we'll experience the level of incomprehensibility immediately above speaking in tongues on the nonsense style. You know, when you get 500 plus episodes deep into a podcast about atheism and skepticism, people sometimes ask how you find new questions to tackle after so long. But then I remind them that included in the questions we have to tackle are things like, okay, but then who taught the reptilian overlords how to manipulate genes in the first place? And then they understand. <laughs> and then they also generally offer me a hug. And yes, that is pretty much exactly the question we're going to be tackling on this week's God Awful Mini. So tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? We watched What You Need to Know About the Reptilian Alien Race. It's the story of what happens when you don't have a coherent narrative like David Icke, mm -hmm. but you try to talk about that stuff. <laughs> I missed David Icke as we were watching this. It was really rough. It was a weird yep. emotion. We get a little bit of Icke. We, get, we do get a little bit of Icke. We get a, at least we get to look at him. <laughs> He's presented as an expert. It's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> well, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. And Marsh, how bad was this mini? Well... If you loved the stories that you used to make up about your action figures when you were eight years old, but you really want to hear them recounted, half remembered by someone deep in the grip of a psychotic episode, <laughs> you will love this mini. Yes. All right, so is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah, I'm going to come right out with best worst Bible justification because I have watched a lot of longer films with you and in the past it's been like, oh, this is quite a long film. I'm not sure how they're going to get any biblical stuff in here and then suddenly they take a turn and manage to get it in. But somehow this seems to squeeze in that late Bible turn to something that's only 15 minutes long. It's like, this is maybe Bible-y. This can't be possibly Bible-y. Oh, wow, they got there. That's impressive. Yeah. Basically an end card that's like, and the Bible is real. And also, and the also Jesus, also plus, plus Jesus. See, I was going to go with best worst smart guy sentence structure. This is what I call cop speak when you have somebody who's like trying to speak and sound more intelligent than they really are. <laughs> like throughout, it's 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 a ton of fun. We have a lot of fun. Yeah, and the narrator is like Carl the Pug Pegcorn, the cop. Also, so like, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. the voice that we're literally hearing throughout. He starts off trying to do like a Morpheus voice, but it does not stick. And no. yeah, he's not into like Tony <laughs> D. He gets pretty yeah, bored of him pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was going to go with best worst argument with absolutely nobody. Right? So the whole thing is this crazy narrator guy, I think in an argument with somebody, but we don't hear the other side of the phone call. We just hear him. <laughs> so he's explaining his insane thing. And then he'll be like, okay, but what about mermaids, you might ask? Well, they're fucking real. <laughs> Who asked you? What? Where are these questions coming from? So, yes. All right. So first note I have on this one is, man, nothing screams. This is a video I should take seriously like a kaleidoscope opening. <laughs> but apparently that's the production logo. Yep. Right. Yeah, they called themselves Kaleidoscope after the, the Kaleidoscope filter that they found in Premiere Pro or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I wasn't paying attention to this part. I was just like, I'm on Rumble. This is bad. I feel like this is going to, and I'm radicalized as a white nationalist. Fuck. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Algorithm got me. <laughs> so we get this slow motion crowd shot and he goes, there may be an evil among us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at that moment, there's a guy in an Ed Hardy shirt walking right towards the camera. And I was like, okay, I see what you're saying. It's, it's him. It's him. So he's like, he's like, okay, so there's two things that you need to know about the reptilian alien overlords. And I was like, I feel like it's more than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, otherwise, that's going to be a very short video. I think it's less than that. I think it's less than one things <laughs> that I need to know. He also says that this is an evil that's been with man since his inception. It's like, yeah, you know, ever mm -hmm. since humanity was founded, established, <laughs> yes. organized. <laughs> <laughs> also, can we talk about how this guy said, this is all about malevolent aliens. <laughs> malevolent. Enjoy my serious <laughs> documentary about the malevolent. <laughs> yeah. The secret reptiles are the most notoriously malevolent aliens. Yes. But I guess that's the, the secret kind of notoriety then I guess because they're secret <laughs> and notorious. 
<laughs> he goes, is this all science fiction or hidden truth? And I'm like, ooh, I know this one. I know this one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is this true or is this just a bunch of lies? Who can tell? <laughs> And then we open on this old footage, right, of some dude talking about aliens. And and I, I wrote in my notes at this point, I'm like, how could this be both wrong and old does a surprising amount of work in the world of pseudoscience, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is Alex Collier, who apparently is talking while his interviewer is off-screen knitting by the sound of the audio, because yes! there's just a constant <laughs> click and clack going on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fun fact, Alex Collier, his website identifies him as a, quote, Andromedan contactee. It does. So it let's does. take this guy super <laughs> serious. That's a resume bullet point if I ever heard one right there. Well, and then he immediately starts ranking the alien races. It's like, oh, wow, you're earning your way onto the God of Mini here. Okay. Noah's not exaggerating. He ranks them like by quality or by like yes. amount of danger or like skill yeah. against humans. He's like the Orion <laughs> yeah, he group. I thought it was like an org chart, you know. <laughs> but actually, the uh, Alpha Draconis are the real culprits above the Orion group. Um, and then there's the Greys also, Greys but they're like third, I would say. In, in what? What are the units of this <laughs> measurement? Yeah, they're not assistant regional alien. They're assistant to the regional. To them, alien. Right? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> And is this where he says about the aliens, there are several stories behind their existence? It's like, yeah, because true things need a variety of backstories. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's when the Alex Collier interview wraps up. The narrator cuts back in and he's and, and he's like really and he spends most of the video trying to reconcile the fact that like everybody's bullshit on this is different. Right. But he's like, but but it's all equally true. There's just a lot of interpretation going on. See, this is where we first see David Icke. Right. And he's like, some people have too coherent of a narrative. David, David Icke is presented as knowing too much yes. factual information. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, to the point where they're making out that he's a plant. Yeah. Right. I guess they're going for that. David Icke's in on it. Yes. Yeah. So like to learn about conspiracies like this. It has to be a medium amount of data that you have. I don't know. David Icke knows too much, though. The idea that David Icke knows too much, that is one accusation that has never been leveled at David Icke before. <laughs> it's possibly the only one that's never been leveled at David Icke before. This guy knows too much. <coughs> okay, he's choking on a cookie. He's choking <laughs> on a cookie. The guy who knows too much. So but he eventually wraps up by going like, but in the end, it doesn't matter if our stories are consistent. And I'm like, yeah, man, you got us there. <laughs> Also, the narrator, just again, to describe the voice we're hearing, it sounds like a kid reading three or four levels above his reading level, like yep. a grade or three or four. Yep. They made him read a sentence. He does not do well with like multiple clauses. It's very confusing mm -hmm. to him. There's also this great line. He starts talking about the aliens that existed before Earth. And he says they were the Carrions. And yes, it's exactly what you think it is. And I'm like, you are overestimating how much I am thinking about what um, you're saying, dude. <laughs> there, there, I want to turn this off. I don't understand exactly. No, no, come on. I thought what you mean? this is obvious. The carrions are exactly what you think, you know. Um, and I was thinking, what is it like? Rotting flesh? Like they airline hand luggage? Or did I just miss here and say carrions? <laughs> like right. there's something in those areas. But apparently he thinks that carrion means bird. Hmm. Right? Because of ravens, I guess. Well, like, yeah, because he's these vultures. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That eat carrion. Yeah, right, right. And he doesn't know that one is the food and the other is the animal, apparently. They could grip it by the husk in their claw. <laughs> the carrion bird. So, and then he tells us, no, it's a race of alien bird people and their parents were a feline race. And I'm like, I don't think that would have worked out well at all. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird parental dynamic. <laughs> the bird people were like, ah, you had a cat, honey. That what, What's been going on with you recently? But ultimately, the felines taught the birds the secrets of genetic manipulation. Right. And, and don't ask me how, but somehow he says the felines in exactly the same way that a men's rights activist says females. And I don't know how he hit the tone so badly. <laughs> I think it's required to be on Rumble. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And and the and the bird people, they learned the, the trick from the cat people. Mm -hmm. So I assume the trick is to like open doors or to knock stuff off shelves when they're hungry. Those are the only two <laughs> tricks. <laughs> That's how you genetically <laughs> modify. Yeah. So. And then he goes, he goes, are you with me so far? And 
all of us wrote down some form of not even close. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I tried to summarize it in my own head here. I was like, okay, a cat alien fucked a bird and made a dinosaur. (laughs) Yada, yada, yada. George Soros got Trump indicted. Okay, just just get to your fucking point. I know you're going to land there. This is on Rumble. Let's go. So they they mingled their genetics with the reptilians that were already there on the paradise planet. And that gave birth to the, quote, humanoid dinosaur super monster, the Alpha (laughs) Draconian. (laughs) He goes, and he actually says, I love this line so much. He goes, well, folks, I guess that answers our questions about dinosaurs. And I'm like, man, you and I have very different questions about dinosaurs. (laughs) That's not answer a single question of mine about dinosaurs. (laughs) It answers my questions about your sexual thoughts right now in your life. About cat bird dinosaur things, but that's about it. And then he describes the alpha draconian like he's the flavor text of a boss fight, right? He's like, they have two hearts and a very large liver. Why do I give a shit how big their liver is? Well, I was going to try to outdrink them until you said that. <laughs> okay, this is the argument side we're not hearing. Some guy was like, but is their liver big? And he was like, very large liver. <laughs> yeah. What? And I thought, well, you know, they've got an enlarged liver, which is often a sign of cancer or heart disease. So I, I hope they got checked out by yeah, one of the right. cat people to make sure that they were actually all right. <laughs> he also explains that they can live up to a thousand to four thousand years. Yeah. What does he think up to does in a sentence? <laughs> just say four thousand. <laughs> You've given a three thousand. Can range. they not die at nine hundred? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> And and we should point out here that the entire time he's saying this, we're looking at a picture of a dragon in a suit of armor standing bipedally with the sword. And he's like, now take this very seriously. This is very serious stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I swear this entire video is just an excuse for him to claim that lizard bird man model as a business expense. If he wanted the model, he's got to justify it. That thing is a giant like crucifix statue in his office somewhere for sure. Yeah, probably. Yes. And and he goes, actually, you know, the book of, Je- you, you, you know, this may sound like nonsense, but the book of Genesis, and I'm like, oh, okay, very reliable source. It <laughs> says the book of Genesis has many references to monsters, dragons, lions. Nope. I, I mean, yeah, lions. <laughs> <laughs> those, those are real, man. That's just an animal. Does he not believe in lions? <laughs> Also, they don't mention lizards. So it's like, it's not making his point. It's no. like lions, but not lizards. Well, right, yeah. And he's like, well, you know, Greeks and Sumerians and India, they, they all had serpents in their mythology. And I'm like, again, that's a real animal, bro. They had all of them. He goes, China, fucking wall-to-wall dragons. I'm like, still yeah. not reptile people, though. <laughs> they wrote Genesis in China, right? That was what, that yeah. was where that came <laughs> Yeah. So, and then he explains that dinosaur fossils are actually draconian fossils and he shows a T-Rex, but I'm like, okay, but what about all the other dinosaurs? Were there little tiny chicken sized draconians? Cause that sounds adorable <laughs> with their little tiny suits of armor. Yeah. And his segue here was like, now what I find interesting about the draconians and I was like, dude, I will blow you. I don't care. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh my God. You've definitely had sex by somebody who was like, just if you shut up, I'll do whatever. It's fine. <laughs> so, and then he also says, he's like, maybe it's not that reptiles came from dinosaurs, but that dinosaurs came from reptiles. And I mean, what? Like that's accidentally correct. Like, yeah, he's too uninformed to correctly be wrong about this. <laughs> Maybe squares came from rectangles. What yeah, exactly? <laughs> Maybe cup of water came from bigger cup of water. What the fuck? Yeah. He's just, he's confusing an example of a category with the whole category. His whole argument can be debunked by a dictionary. Right. <laughs> or a Venn diagram. Just yeah, the that concept can... of. <laughs> well, he does misuse the phrase for example here. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> we can explain that. He goes, now, when you go to research reptilians, I'm like, that's not what research means. Mm -mm. He says, you'll be amazed at how long and how prolifically people have been wrong about this. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like, loads of people have been wrong about this in the past. So it must be true. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And at this point, he's like, you know, this is a really serious problem. We're worshiping 
dragons and that they're evil alien dragons, very serious. And we're <laughs> for like a minute, we're looking on the screen at a balloon animal. Of a yes, <laughs> for so long. Well, he tries to make a serious point, right? And pretty sure that's the dragon from Mulan, no less. Yeah, <laughs> he goes and he basically he says like at this point he's like, okay, so if lizard gods aren't real then who the hell were the ancient Mesoamericans sacrificing people to? Yeah. And I'm like, I'll, I'll admit, I have not heard that argument before. No, it's incredible. <laughs> he's doing the die for a lie, Zed. <laughs> yes. <what> he, <laughs> he goes, now, I'm assuming that you guys all know about how angels fell from the heaven and then, and then they fucked people, ladies, and they made half-fallen angel hybrids. And I'm like, I don't like the assumptions you're making about me, and I also don't like the fact that they're correct. <laughs> also, he says something along the lines of like, all right, well, we all know lizard aliens and fallen angel demons are going to have some friction. This town ain't big enough for both of them. You can't have... <laughs> Both of those things, that would be crazy, so they must be the same. Right. What 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 logical steps did he take? What would okay, what would happen? What would go wrong if there were lizard aliens and demons? Yeah. That's such a weird fucking line. He's like, you can't tell me that evil reptilian aliens and demons both exist. I'm like, I'm not the one telling you any of this <laughs> exactly. shit, man. You're telling us that, you idiot. <laughs> Put the other guy on the line. Whoever you're arguing with, get get both of you in this. What is happening? And the fact is, like, he's saying, like, so these two things can't both be true. But his his answer then is that so one of them is it's like yes. these two, these two dumb ideas are too stupid <laughs> to both be true. Therefore, we can assume one of them. One of true. them. That's not half. how that works. Jesus Christ. Subsets are very tricky for him. Yes. <laughs> and this is where he tells us that he's been researching this for days. Like days, yes. I tell you, yes. days I've been on this. <laughs> I got to bed kind of late. <laughs> and this is also, this is the part where he starts trying to use the voice modulator thing. And it sounds like, like he's doing a different voice. Like he, it's, he sounds like a kid trying to do grown up, except he's already a grown up. It's yes. so yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed so hard when the modulator came on because it's, it's clearly him. And he kind of like darked himself out like he's yes. in witness protection. Yep. And it was like, yeah. the Andromeda Council chose me to deliver the message to the humans. I'm a different guy from the narrator. Different. <laughs> and it, it's because he's seen whistleblowers on TV. And he's like, okay, so when you get a whistleblower, they're sat in the dark with a voice modulator. That makes what they're saying is true. That is, right. that is the error that he's made there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, we're being really kind when we say voice modulator. He has just lowered the pitch on this voice, right? If we raise the pitch, <laughs> It's his voice again. And then he's like, he's like, well, you know, you have a lot of people who are trying to channel these reptilians and that's not a, a good idea at all. And I'm like, well, it, I, I agree, but I feel like we got there from different directions. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this way he's like, he, he says people need to stop talking to aliens. And I wrote, guys, stop talking to aliens. Like, Come on, guys. We've been over this. Just stop talking to aliens. <laughs> now, to be clear, stop his it. issue with this with these aliens is their trustworthiness, though, right? They might be lying. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> There's also this bizarre, because this is where he brings up Adam and Eve, right? He's like, oh, if you're talking to lizard aliens, you're doing making the same mistake that Eve made. And then there's this weird moment where he's like, tell me she didn't fuck that snake, right? <laughs> Am I making yes, this? Like, like, he seems to be suggesting that Satan took the form of a dildo. Mm. Okay, he actually says, all right, well, this was all rooted in sex, obviously, and all types of sex. And I was like, oh, my God, please have this guy list the types of sex in his head. <laughs> Just this guy being Rank like, him. regular, um, <laughs> slower, being <laughs> a lady, sand. But his whole thing of like, he's trying to suggest the serpent was a penis and I really want that to be what, what happened. I want to see him illustrate the Bible, the, the Garden of Eden, just <clears throat> even the talking dick is what I really want to see here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And he's like, and think about it. If it wasn't a penis that we were talking about, why would it be telling Eve about nakedness and stuff? And I'm like, well, the real answer is because that story doesn't make any fucking sense, bro. Yes. I don't know what yeah. you want me to say. <laughs> oh, and this is where he also says, what was Eve really doing in that garden? Right. And I was like, yeah, was, was the Garden of Eden an inside job? Like, if, <laughs> if you look carefully, man doesn't fall that fast. It had to be a controlled decision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually says, what if I told you that serpent in Eden 
was actually, uh, you know, cat, bird, dragon, gargoyle, demon who <laughs> controls the world banking system. And I was like, okay, man, I'd be equally confident about the Bible if you told <laughs> yeah, me right, that. I don't right. understand what point you're making. <laughs> and then he starts, so so then we get our, our final, he's going to summarize his, let's call them thoughts, as we zoom <laughs> slowly in, like, towards him sitting on a couch with a hoodie on, right? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you know, what do you, do you know everything that you really need to know about reptilians? Dude, I will say whatever answer you want if you're done. Any, <laughs> I don't, like, what do you, what's the test, man? Yeah. Do, do you know what you really need to know? I wrote, I feel like I know a lot less than I need to know due to this. Film, it's right. falling out my head. <laughs> and, and then he's like, the, the alien lizards are masters of seduction. And I'm like, seduction? Really? Are you fucking a reptile, dude? You have to tell us if you are. <laughs> And the immediate next line, he says, that, you know, they're masters of seduction. They'll appear to you big and hairy, tall and scaly. I'm like, those are the descriptors you associate with um, with master of seduction, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends and we get this comically long, like you keep thinking it's going to be over scroll. It's so good. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because just the way they spaced out the text, it was like, Okay, well, that one's nope. There's nope. another one. There's another one. <laughs> one more. And I'm just like, I'm trying to leave the movie. I'm I'm backing out of the movie. I'm talking over my shoulder, but I know I see you said something else. <laughs> I'm in the car. I don't know. I can see your mouth moving, but I'm driving away. I'm driving away from the movie. God, this whole thing. Uh, Noah, you must have been there many times. Was this whole thing not like identical to every annoying drug buy you had to make in your life. Yes. Where you had to go to some, and sit <laughs> yeah, on somebody's couch yeah, forever and then they come out just... and they're like, let's talk about the lizard. And you're like, just, just I, will, I will give you money extra. I just want the drugs. <laughs> so the, the scroll comes up and goes, the existence misspelled of extraterrestrials <laughs> does not negate God. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Oh, that sure. Is yeah. That's not the thing that negates God. <laughs> no. And then he goes. Then it, you think it's over, but then it comes up and it says, "What we see and what we believe can be two different things." And I'm like, "Well, if you've demonstrated nothing else here today, sir." <laughs> 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 and then you think it's over, and it comes up and it says, "The things we see in the dark, in the shadows, they should not be feared." And I'm like, "Yeah, no, they mostly just turn out to be a weirdly stacked pile of laundry." Generally speaking, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah. So, oh, that's my cat, actually. It's fine. It's just my cat. It's fine. Although my cat might give birth to a bird and then things are going to start getting Well, weird. that's, yeah, actually. <laughs> you got to look out for them. And then right when you're like, wow, this is really fucking funny. The last line comes up and it says, and if they live, they can certainly die. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, like, keep in mind, this guy thinks Hillary Clinton is a reptile. That just got really fucking scary at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And then the next thing we see is him saying, like and subscribe. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, reptiles are real. Execute Hillary Clinton. And don't forget to smash that sub button, guys. Yes, right. <laughs> All right. Well, this video was as much in a hurry to be over as we were for it to be over. But there's always more. So we'll see you again soon on the next God Awful Mini. Before we take this one in for a landing tonight, I want to remind you one last time that we're going to be hanging out at the Exhibitors Hall at American Atheist Convention in Phoenix this weekend, and we would love it if you came by to see us. Check the show notes for more information. Anyway, that's all the blessing we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptic Crowd, debuting at 7 Eastern on Monday, and even newer episode of our sister show's Hot Friend God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Data, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, this MP3 wouldn't upload if I neglected to thank Keith Enright for rising to the occasion. Michael Marshall for lowering himself to our level, Lucinda Illusions for staying put, and Eli Bosnick, who does so much work on this show that it echoes even into the episodes he isn't on. I also need to thank Nick in the UK for providing this week's Farnsworth quote, and once again, a reminder to our listeners in the UK that apparently they you need to get a fucking voter ID law. Ugh. Because between that and hating on drag queen story hours, the U.S. export sector is shit. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's most delightful diploids, Ben, Jason, Jake, Michael, Mike, Mark, Jack, Tarunga, Brendan from New Zealand, Stacey, Dan, Austin, Katie, Angie, Beth, Chief Non-Binary Pineapple, two fabulous thespians, Becca, Callan, and Claire. 
Ben, Jason, Jake, Michael, Mike, Mark, and Jack, whose condoms could have protected those giant cocaine submarines. Tarunga, Brendan, Stacy, Dan, Austin, Katie, and Angie, who the cordyceps would know better than to fuck with. And Ben, Pineapple, Becca, Callan, Claire, and the thespians, whose intellects are so vast the James Webb Telescope would need binoculars to see across them. Together, these 21 fine-spun nuns done unshunned our puns by giving us money. Not everybody has the rhyming qualities it takes to give us money, but if you think you're up to the challenge, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but I half-assed the one rhymes too much to earn your money this week, you can also help a ton by leaving a five-star review, telling a friend about the show, or sharing it on social media. And speaking of social media, Tim Robertson takes care of that for us. Our audio engineer is Morton Clark. We also wrote the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. So, Heath, you couldn't think of any famous Liverpoolians to put in here like you do for Jersey? I can think of. I, I can give you a range. <laughs> uh, Pete Best, was it? Pete Best, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. sure. The, the fifth Beatle. He was he was in that band. Yeah, he was. He was for a little, for a little while. <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright twenty twenty three. All rights reserved.